everybody welcome to team fight talk show i am doha with me as always is uh frodan and today we have a special guest it is none other than the one the only birdosaurus how's it going man it's going all right about uh just chilling i mean obviously got out knocked out at the tournament but you know it's whatever happens so yeah it's a pro player life you win some you lose some <laughs> yeah hey, day two sure. is better than day one but we're we're glad to have you here <laughs> We know you have a ton of insight. Um, you had a pretty amazing day one. You did end day two on a first. Don't call it a yeah. high roll. I know you will, but you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, we're happy to have you here. Uh, Frodan, though, how are you doing? How's your how's your few days been since we were on the uh, the tournament broadcast together? Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, you know, TFT, I think, has really started picking up. There's just like content and tournaments yeah. and things to look forward to. I think for a while especially when set four came out, it felt like there was nothing really to look forward to outside of like the qualifiers that happened once a month. And now it's like every week there's something and you can watch out of region and uh, we're, you know, on the way to the, the world championship. So uh, I'm really excited to break things down. And it's cool because I think, uh, you know, Bert is a good guest uh, for, for good and maybe not so good reasons. So I, I'm excited <laughs> to have him today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the TFT stocks are rising for sure. But here's what we're going to do first. We're going to get to know our guest a little bit better. So Bertasaurus, obviously, you've been making waves in the tournament scene. Uh, you know, people know you from the latter as well. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into TFT in the first place? How did you become a competitive gamer? Um, yeah, well, so TFT came out in summer, uh, like, uh, right after I finished high school. So, like, that's, I mean, that's, like, one of the summers where you have, like, the least to do. Like, the least obligations. Um, and so... TFT came out, and so I just started playing, and it was pretty fun. Um, I think I hit Challenger in set one, but then I kind of stopped playing and uh, decayed like down to Master Zero LP and Diamond. Um, so I ended Diamond, but when set two came out, um, I don't know. I just really liked playing Summoners. So like my friends got me back into the game. I played casually with them, and then uh, I mean I naturally started climbing again when I played ranked. Um, and then I, at some point I became a Blunder one trick. But anyway, I, I actually found set two. Yeah, I actually found point. set two to be really, really fun. Uh, I know a lot of people think thought like set two was boring, but um, I think I played a lot in set two. And then like there are different metas that I liked. I just I, I think I just like summoners in general. And a lot of like the comps like uh, Azir, Sivir, Sivir and friends, um, and then some sins were just fun to play. So yeah, that's where I got into it. And then um, yeah, set three I kind of played. I mean I didn't really play the first half of set three um but 3.5 i ended up getting into more as well uh just because i had more free time um but yeah it's basically just been when i've had free time um and like i enjoyed playing the game i just naturally played a lot um and it just happened that i ended up climbing um to high ranks and when you end up climbing to high ranks you you know try to push higher so like if, if right. you if you play for fun and you end up hitting masters just because you're you know you're having fun playing the game even if the game starts getting a little bit repetitive for you you'll like be like okay maybe i can hit challenger and then you know you go for it um so yeah that's basically right. been how i got into tft so that's you just good. happen to be naturally good at it and decide to take it one step further i Sorry, mean i just go ahead yeah yeah i just play a lot I, I don't think i was like particularly naturally good at the game i just played a lot okay Sure. Do you come from a League of Legends background or other similar genre of like, you know, strategy games or games of variance like this? Um, I mean, I've played League for a while, but I've never been good at League. Like I hit, I've, I barely hit Diamond like two seasons ago. And then I've just been like, you know, plat uh, uh, for most of like recent years. 
I played Hearthstone a lot as well, but I kind of stopped playing that. Um, I was like, you know, I hit Legend rank in Hearthstone as well, but like a lot of people hit Legends. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, so not really. I, I kind of just, most of the games I played are just casual and for fun. And um, I never really imagined myself getting into like competitive or anything when mm-hmm. playing games. It's just, it's just something to do in my free time for fun. So cool. you've had your sort of taste of uh, of tournaments now, obviously, and you've you've experienced kind of both of things. You've had very good results, and you've had kind of disappointing results lately. So yeah. after kind of experiencing both ends of the spectrum, there, uh, what? How do you feel about your competitive future? Do you, do you feel more inclined to compete? Are you fired up, or do you feel kind of bummed? Like where where are you at right now? Uh, I mean, I actually don't feel like that bummed. Uh, I think I felt really bummed the first qualifier. Where I was like going to the tournament rank one and I got out the second day. Um, I don't know. That felt, I was really bummed there. But like after the first one, you kind of get used to it. You like, you just understand that there are low roll days. And um, like, so last, uh, I definitely, if I played better, I definitely could have made it to the next day. But it's a combination of me low rolling and me making mistakes and me not playing well. Um, and I didn't make it. And so, like, at the end of the day, um, it is, I am bummed out about it, but it's like, I'm not really like, myself up too much about it um just because i guess i'm a little bit more used to it or like just kind of understand that's how how it goes eventually you're becoming a grizzled veteran of the competitive (laughs) thing at this point yeah whatever it's all forward trajectory yeah Yeah. sure something like that i think it's important uh to get that because you know there's a lot of times when players they get you know very they get too emotional i think it affects their gameplay right and they like start to feel pressure they're like oh i just can't get eighth so i should just like do this unconventional thing and then some player like because of that they end up playing a lot worse i think this happened to a player in the qualifier flight or the regionals Flightsy mm-hmm. qualified for the for the regional finals and was messaging me like an hour before and i and he was like because we were i queued up a game mm-hmm. on ladder right before the event starts to get my brain into uft mode and he was in my game and he was and he messaged me after he's like, oh, I'm like a GM player that all the challenger players are going to make fun of. What should I do? I'm, I'm so scared. I just I don't want to go 32nd. And I was like, hey, the most important thing to focus on is like, don't worry about like, you know, first or second, like just don't get eighth. Right. People who advance from day one, <laughs> day two generally just don't get don't get eighth places. Yeah. And then he proceeded to go eighth, 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 seventh, seventh. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I think I, I got into his head a little bit of like sharing like what you shouldn't shouldn't do and i feel responsible for that but you know i think people who are new to that tournament experience do tend to you know second guess themselves a lot but the less yeah the more sensitized to it i think the better you end up doing long term yeah i mean i think tournament experience it definitely can make you nervous and it doesn't feel like it affects your gameplay but anytime your mental state isn't like right there you miss a lot of small stuff and that small stuff adds up like you die with mm-hmm. negative hp into fifth place instead of going first and qualifying for the third day um and that's just that's just like literally you you didn't you weren't positioning on stage two or stage three because you um or like you you made one small error in in, in itemization and now your itemization slightly suboptimal something like that like there's a lot of small stuff and it adds up and some games it doesn't matter but it's something some games it matters a lot yeah well said I think what we learned more than anything too is that while many casters curse players through like general statements, like <laughs> I think they're going to do really well or something, Frodan's taking it to the next level. 
he he is personally cursing people now with with pre-tournament advice. So so I I would just like to say congratulations to for elevating the the idea of the caster curse to the next level. You've really taken it to the next spot. Thank you, you know? thank, you. thank you. It's it's been thank years you. in the making. I've I've <laughs> been asked for these powers, but you know I recognize that I have a gift and I have to use it wisely. <laughs> Absolutely. Credit where credit is due. <laughs> let's let's move on and talk about the uh, the meta a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're in 11.5, obviously. And, and I think the coolest thing about this meta is that it's still very much evolving. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can see the buffs and nerfs in a general sense that happened there. Obviously, keepers were nerfed. And yet, keepers still feel like they're kind of on the rise, especially day two in the tournament. But Bertasaurus, mm -hmm. right off the bat, I want to get your sort of like general take on the meta, both in terms of what you were seeing preparing for the tournament and then uh, between day one and day two, those changes. Uh, what's sort of your general state of the the meta right now with everything that's been happening? Because I feel like it's been changing rapidly. Um. Yeah, I think like, so first of all, it depends on the lobby even, because I think mm -hmm. like some games feel like really high tempo and um, like the, the any qualifiers uh, uh, two weekends ago, um, they felt like really high tempo where you couldn't even get to play Slayers. And today, some or not today, like this weekend, some lobbies like people were able to like get to their four cost carries, and lobbies felt slower tempo. It it really feels like you need to uh, like read the lobby and how it's going. Um, in so that that matters because like if you're playing around three three uh three cost units or stuff like that, then you're or if a lot of if a lot of the meta revolves around it, um, then you know stage two, stage three, if you're trying to like you know play for a four cost carry um you're gonna bleed out a lot more if you're not like you know making a comp um also i saw a lot of a lot of tristana chosens with morellos so i think the morello buff actually like made a big difference because it's a better early game item better late game item um which makes it a lot more slammable and then like if you find users for it early then it's really strong um in terms of comps i think like everything is is playable um pretty much and it's really yeah. nice and it's just like you play what you hit you try to play what you hit um, and then like play around those units and then just save HP with them. Or like that's how I would approach the game. Um, and when, with everything playable, you just kind of want to keep your options open. Um, so like, for example, you hit like a, if you hit like a Tristana Chosen and Slam Morellos, you can get into a four cost comp. Um, but if you have like a weaker early game and then let's say you hit uh, like a cannon or a keeper chosen, then you can maybe get in keepers. Um, or like I, I personally like to play Shivana and Sivir a lot. So yeah, I think it really just the metas. Um, it, it feels like solo queue is like dominated by four cost carries, but when you get into a tournament, the meta like revolves a lot around uh, three cost units. Just like right. playing around, mm -hmm. like if you can get a high, if you can play like higher tempo than everybody, like basically get your comp online earlier, then usually you're gonna in a pretty good spot. So. Can you talk a little bit more about your specific style that you were kind of talking about how you play Chosens and then you would sell them pretty aggressively? Just like, you know, what, what goes into your mindset? Because I think that's like one of the biggest debates. That's actually probably one of the most frequent questions that people get, right? Like when they're streaming yeah. or they're competing, like, do I pick right. up the Chosens? Do I pass it? Do I sell it later on after I rent it? Yeah, uh, it depends on the Chosen. And obviously, I mean, it's kind of cop-out answer, but it's situational. Um, but I think the point is that I am pretty sure I, I'm not like playing this, doing this optimally as well, but the general idea behind what you try to do is like, let's say you have a chosen on stage two, you pick it up early. Let's say it's a Maokai chosen, Elderwood Maokai chosen or whatever. 
you pick it up um, and you just think about your stage three. And if you have this chosen on stage three, like what's it going to do for you? And a lot of times for a lot of one cost chosens, the answer is like nothing. Like Tristana can be good on stage three. Some some chosen can be good on stage three. But there are a lot of chosens that just, you know, it, it feels like I'm going to bleed out on stage three. Um, and that usually puts you in a bad spot because um, you have to four one roll down. And I think four one roll down is one of the, it, it, it's one of the uh, spots that people find themselves like having to roll down the most often, but it's also one of the worst spots to roll down because um, it's, you, you aren't flexible, very flexible with items, so you can't really play around three-cost carries. But at the same time, you kind of have to, if you don't hit a four-cost chosen, which is very common, then like it, it's it's like you kind of have to take a three-cost or like two-cost chosen. And then also just don't hit four-cost in general. So basically, um, if you sell your chosen, you get you give yourself like the, I think it changes a lot with the increased like natural chosen odds. You give yourself... A very good chance to like get a really good mid game chosen. Um, so for example, like Janna chosen with the right setup can be like obviously really good. A lot of the two cost chosen with the right setup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember one game uh, I won uh, during the uh, two weekends ago any regional qualifiers finals. Like it was just it was literally just I got a Shivana off carousel natural to Janna chosen, and I was win streaking the entire mid game. And like, if you o- selling your early chosen opens you up to opportunities like that. Right. Um, yeah. I also don't mind losing rounds on stage two. Like, if you can go, as long as you're streaking on stage two, your eco is not screwed, and the HP is like, unless you're like full opening, the HP isn't that much of a difference. Like, you're 80 HP when you could be 90 HP. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. For sure. Do you have um, any commentary for the? complete open for i think a lot of people are are really focused on bebe because he's ranked one global yeah. right now he's almost at 2k lp and he like open forts a huge percentage of his games like full-on sell everything take 4-0 losses and then rolls even at like th- like 2-7 or 3-5 in some extreme scenarios where it's like goes fast seven and then tries to roll like do you have any commentary on that kind of play style um i think it's a pretty solid state play style so what i will say is that like a lot of times so on Three two. When people try to play for their early game and they go like, let's say loss loss win loss win or even loss loss win win loss on stage mm-hmm. two, which isn't that bad. Like it's pretty expected, pretty common. You screw up your you you actually like can put yourself in a spot where it just feels like you can't do anything. Um, and so the way I see it is that every game you can open for and every game you can put yourself in a spot where like if you're flexible on three two and with itemization and everything, you should be able to top four. And so um i think like when you open four you don't put yourself in like the spot where you can like high roll get like a five streak stage two or something like that um or or like high rolls in certain situations you don't put yourself in that spot but at the very least like you're in a spot where you have options and you can do something um so i usually try to play out my stage two um a little bit differently but like i try to give myself I try to make it so it's never worse than like the worst case. Uh, like it's I'm not ever in like a worst case scenario where you're like three two bad chosen twenty gold. Um, you, you can't, yeah, play you can't the game, even basically. level six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you're just bleeding out. You don't have gold. You don't have good items. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel think like you could do. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I was just gonna say I think baby, like overall I think baby's style is pretty consistent. Um, and I'm not surprised he's ranked one global with it. Um, but 
I think there are definitely I, I don't I think there are definitely situations where you can like you know play for a little bit of your early game and do better than open forty. Totally right. I feel like we could do a whole show on like how to take care of your gold early game. Do you open forward? Do you not open forward? That could be like another two hours of of uh, podcast conversation for sure. But I think we need to move on. According to my list over here, we only have a certain amount of minutes for every topic. All right, so let's move okay. on. Let's talk about uh, what? Actually, let's go to a fun segment called Agree with a question mark at the end. And these are where we have some spicy questions we're going to talk about. Do we agree or disagree? Our first one is 90% of TFT's early pros won't be able to keep up with the newer pros. So agree or disagree, Britosaurus? I would disagree. I think like most of the early pros um, have been keeping up so mm. far, and I don't really see that changing. And like a lot of the pros that like aren't quote unquote keeping up, it's not really because they're not keeping up. It's because they're not really playing as much like Milk mm. and like Saint, uh, Saint as examples. So yeah, disagree. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Frodan, what, well, what do you say? They don't play. I don't feel like they're going to keep up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, if, that, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what Look, you mean. Okay. Right. Keep up means being competitive. You don't, you don't understand. Uh, okay. Level. I wake up in the morning. I uh, I check the markets. And when, uh, if they go up, I message milk. If they go down, I also message milk and see how he's doing. I ask him, are you winning, son? To which he would say yes, no. And, and we kind of meme around a little bit. And then I uh, queue up a game. And I see an, uh, a mold digger or a mold, mold diver, excuse me. Uh, and it says delicious milk GG. I'm like, wait, I'm I'm like Masters, man. And I look over that. <laughs> or, it's like milk is Masters and he's playing. And he messages me. He's like, yo, is that you? And so I think like at this point when I'm looking at it, you know, if they're if they're kind of stuck in Masters right now, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. But first, completely right. It's not that they, they lack skill. It's that they lack uh, the time in currently. It's more like they like lack motivation, I think. Um, ultimately, you know, we can talk a little bit about the state of Riot Esports, but, uh, mm -hmm. or rather TFT Esports. Uh, it's on the upswing, but it has a lot to be desired to incentivize players to stay engaged because, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, it, if the current pace continues, players are just going to not play for six months, maybe try for one tournament, qualify, and then say they didn't practice very much and then, you know, leave again for another six months and rinse and repeat. So uh, I really hope that that's not the, the case. Way, man. So I'm actually going to take a controversial stance and say oh. at the current pace of what how people's motivation are waning, I'm going to say yes, because mm -hmm. we already see it happening, right? Like Nubal, Burt, Spencer, Goobums, Setsuko, like these kinds of guys, you, you didn't even hear their names a few months ago. That's because Socks and Soju and Milk are leaving number one open, right? They used to hold number one and number two all the time. If you leave it open, someone's going to take it. So you got to protect sure. the crown. Well, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to say easy agree for me. And my stance on this doesn't even relate to any of the current pros in TFT or any pros in TFT at all. My stance is purely from a historical perspective. I've been observing esports for over a decade now. And uh, I know there's people that have been doing it longer, but you know, 10 years, is a lot of time. And what I've noticed is that every single game, right from the first one, Starcraft 2, into you know league of legends early on in korea into you know hearthstone overwatch every single esport i've seen there's always this big turnover right at about the two-year mark where a lot of the initial best pros that wrote the book on how to play certain parts of the game just can't keep up and there's a number of different reasons one is motivation for sure one is that they might have been good enough to figure out 
the fundamentals of the game before everyone else out, you know, figures it out. And let's be honest, in the first few years of an esport, all you need are proper fundamentals to do well, to be a top pro. Sure, because, sure, sure. you know, someone needs to invent those fundamentals, right? And if you get to a point where someone starts going beyond those fundamentals and you're still stuck on the stuff that you've invented, you're going to start falling behind. So I think it's inevitable that we're going to see, you know, some of the some of the the original pros stick around for a while. I think there's a couple that uh, I don't want to name names, but I think there's a couple that could stick around. But I do think the vast majority will drop off purely based on those historical reasons that I've said. Maybe TFT will be the exception of the rule. I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> yes. Or maybe TFT can ride off into the sunset with Becca, Hafu, Toast, and Scarth, all the highest earners in history. <laughs> we'll we'll the, never know. The we'll OG, know. the originals. The OGs, yeah. The true Let's OG go on to our second question here. Most top TFT players aren't good at tournament prep. Agree? Um, most? I actually probably agree. Um, or I don't know how you would define top if you're talking about like top ladder players um I, I do think that usually they go the top ladder players do go, end up going into tournaments and, and doing the best because they're just generally that good uh generally like really good um but i in terms of tournament prep I, I don't think that um ladder and tournament are the same and i do think a lot of ladder players go into tournament like kind of playing the same game um hmm. and so yeah i i don't think they I don't think the tournament prep is like even something in in general. I don't, basically, I don't think actually anybody is that good at tournament prep. So yeah, hmm. we're gonna both agree. Yeah. yeah. All right. What I like think? that answer. Okay. I, All right. I, I, I want to dive I, into that further, but I don't know if you go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, that's my entire uh, belief as well that I think that tournament prep is something that we're just beginning to understand. And so like no one's good at it simply because we haven't figured out what is correct. Like for one thing, it's not correct if you are trying to play a game where one to 2% edges repeatedly give you a large advantage over the course of 30 to 40 minutes. And you're streaming and telling everybody about what you think is good to do. Like, hmm. like DQA is hosting in-houses with like Chess Mage and Goobums and all these other great, great players. And he's streaming it like the day before the tournament. I'm like, why Dude. are you? Streaming I love practice. watching it, but that blew my streaming mind, man. <laughs> now I get it. His stream is popping off and he's he's doing great. I watch DQA every single time he's on mm. uh, while I'm doing work. It's great content for me, but it's like you're giving away like what your edge is. I don't know. I, I can I, so I, I maybe I'm just, you know, a little bit uh too harsh on it. Because obviously no, no, you're right. It's not sustainable to be just a TFT pro. You have to be a TFT content creator, so he's doing a great job of it. But like that's the kind of stuff where I feel like we're just learning about what tournament prep is, and as a result, we're giving away the advantage that you would have being a higher skill player. Yeah. So that's an agree, right? Yeah. All right. So yeah, agree from Frodan. Uh, for me, easy, easy agree as well. Uh, for the reasons that were said, I, I don't think people have put a lot of effort into tournament prep. I think there is that thing where it's like TFT right now is is still very much a, a streamer centric game. Uh, from top to bottom, um, the personalities are there. The way we run tournaments are streamer centric, um, because by necessity, right? So it does make prep very difficult um, to, because you can't hide anything, and you certainly can't hide anything if you're you're openly showing everything multiple players in the tournament are doing <laughs> intentionally, and everybody is okay with that. It blows my mind when I, you know, I think back to the other esports I've been a part of, and like you, you even like breathe a whiff of what like someone might be planning, right? 
if a if a caster who's not me because I've never been a leak boy, but if someone else uh, has, you know, then they just get like destroyed by the scene, right? So it's like, hey, let's just do our tournament prep on stream. Does a third of the tournament want to join us? And I, it just, it's, I loved watching it. I loved watching it, but it, it blew my mind. It and uh, and I, I, you know, I've talked to other pros. The one that comes to mind for me is is Crowen, who uh, really put a lot of very cerebral thought into tournament prep. And although obviously Crohn's moved on from competitive uh, competing in TFT, um, I think he really was one of the best ones early on in terms of really studying all of his opponents, um, looking at all their styles, thinking about how he could play in a way that would be good into this lobby, you know. Um, and we're going to see more of that over time. And and as things start to shift away from everything being on stream all the time, um, I think uh, which you know with things like spectator mode coming eventually and all that, like we don't need to rely on streams as much. So it's going to that shift is going to happen. I didn't want to bring. It's like saying that is like saying uh, the Voldemort. It's like the Voldemort of TFT. You just want to bring it up, but I have to in this case for just a moment because as we move away from everything being streamed, uh, there's going to be more secret prep, and we're going to see more secret strats come out. You know, right now maybe like Aegon is the only one that's coming in with something that like no people accept uh, expected, right? But for this question, I'm going to definitely agree. I think uh, I think players aren't good yet, but they will be someday. Yes, soon someday. Soon. I think people someday are soon. actually trying to take it pretty seriously, which is good. Yeah, I agree. Let's take a look at our third question and see who agrees with this. Team tournaments are more interesting than singles tournaments. Bertosaurus? Uh, yeah, I would agree. Because I think that the team tournaments, like it's basically just singles tournaments, um, except you have different interactions that people can do. And it's, and it's more interesting in the uh in the aspect that like there's so many there's a lot of things that you can do and like think about like in terms of positioning and stuff um that don't actually uh that doesn't come up at all when you play ladder or solo queue and so there's like so many new aspects of the game to explore in mm -hmm. team tournaments um as opposed to singles tournaments where it's like you know you get used to the tournament meta and like how other people are playing but it's really just you know good old tft basically ladder except you know the meta is a little bit it's like tournament so the meta is a little bit different um but yeah like i definitely think that you know you can like you know punish try to punish people if they're playing certain ways i think like even like you you have some games where like everybody just like the lobbies like feel so weak on stage three because nobody's spending any gold um and then like if you're the only one like trying to roll on stage three it's like well i'm just getting outscaled and these people aren't getting punished for not having strong boards um but with team tournaments you can even like uh, it's not something that people have been doing because we haven't really like had team tournaments that much but it's like yeah. you can try to push the tempo of the lobby i i would imagine that you'd be able to even try to push the tempo tempo of the lobby because four players if they're all playing hyper aggressive then the other players are going to get punished really hard so i do think there's a lot to explore there's a lot of new stuff and there might even be stuff that's like even you know more deep in terms of strategy with team tournaments all right frodan what do you think um i I very much agree, but I think that it won't ever be more interesting unless it's actually directly supported. You know, like if Riot enter, like gives us a team mode to play, you know, I, I think that if team mode exists, you shouldn't play your teammate like ever. It doesn't make sense, right? Um, <clears throat> instead, you should like constantly be facing someone from another team. I think duos might have the potential to be more interesting than 4v4, uh, but I'm sure both formats uh, are possible. Um, part of the reason why are two things. One, in a singles tournament, it's really difficult to keep track of eight different storylines. Uh, but if you, it's much easier to keep track of four, and it's very easy to keep track of two. So just by the natural like progression of things, it's a lot simpler. And right now, again, because we don't have any kind of tools to understand what team tournaments look like, 
it's hard for a viewer to watch at the moment. So currently, I think team tournaments aren't that interested than or interesting than single tournaments just in the vacuum. But it totally can be much more. Uh, and the second thing is that I love social, you know, that the social engagement of TFT is so fun. Like, remember in PBE when they took away the mini map and you couldn't ping anymore and you couldn't do anything? Like that was so boring. It's like you took out you took out the soul of TFT in a way, right? Like when when someone hits like a, a three one two star like Olaf or something, something like absurd. It's like you you want to have these crazy moments where everyone can kind of engage and team tournaments capitalize on that because you naturally get a lot of interaction. You can hear the comms, the duos tournament that Raiditz and uh, Esports Law ran, where you just heard like the duos arguing nonstop and flaming each other or working together was super fun. Uh, that kind of like social uh, connection and, and you can listen to their behavior and comms is really cool. And I love that aspect of it. And it's worked really well in other games like Hearthstone and Magic. It can work really well in TFT. All right. I, I agree with all of that. And yet, I'm going to disagree with this. I agree. Like, oh, I'm just, oh, there. All right. Our producer is a little bit ahead of me there. Okay. But yeah, it's a disagree. Uh, and, and this, I have to clarify because I do enjoy team tournaments. And I, I think the social stuff is really fun. I do agree that uh, once it is supported in game or in a way where we can see who's on what team, because I think right now for a viewer, it's extremely confusing to watch a team game because there's no way to designate on screen who is together on a team. I think that makes it very difficult to run right now. But for me, at the end of the day, I just love individual competition. And, and uh, I, you know, I came into esports with StarCraft. I love it when it's all on one person, it's all on you to either succeed or fail. You have no teammates to blame. It's 100% you, you know? You and Mortdog. But uh, we'll leave more diodes <laughs> for this one, right? But uh, I, so I, I just love individual competition esports, and so for me, the individual tournaments are always going to be more interesting. I think team tournaments okay. have a great future as a great entertainment thing for TFT and a, and a skillful entertainment one too. At the end of the day, I love individual competition, so I'm going to have to disagree with this one purely on personal reasons. Yeah. Fair. That's it. I think a lot of people agree with you, though. Yeah. I, I would hope so. <laughs> well, that. Uh, well, that on that note, that is our segment called Agree. I always enjoy that one. That one's really I fun. like this segment a lot. I think me too. Keep... And it was Frodan's idea too. So we have to give him credit for it. It was a great I'm idea for it. a segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to our esports news segment. And this one's going to be a little bit longer than uh, than before because uh, we have a lot to talk about esports wise. Obviously, there's qualifiers, yeah. there's the first week of the NA uh, finals. Um, so, man, let's. Where do we where do we even start? Uh Bertasaurus, we've already talked with you a little bit about your your recent tournament experiences and kind of how yeah. those have gone for you. But let's let's just talk about the tournament meta specifically and mm -hmm. and more specifically the differences in compositions we saw between um day one and day two of the of the qualifier, the NA regionals. Mm -hmm. Uh what's what's your take on that? Because I feel like we did see a pretty big shift. Um, yeah, for region, I, I wasn't actually following the meta that closely for regionals, um, for, like the meta between regionals, I was just kind of like playing whatever. Um, I, I do think that like the second day though, uh, it might have just been my lobbies, the meta fell a little bit slower, like more people going for four cost carries, which I don't think was actually for any particular reason, it just happened that my lobbies turned out that way. Hmm. Um, but in terms of like meta, I, I, the main thing I noticed was like people trying to play like mages more often, so like Aesol and... Um, mage rerolls so like going for annie three and stuff mm. um that's what i saw more often on the second day and i i think i guess that was mainly because i mean 
it this happens like whenever there's a comp like whether or not the comp's good like people just if people just aren't playing it and especially if like the top streamers aren't playing it um then like people just don't end up picking up the comp in general and so like mm -hmm. even if the comp is good and on par um it maybe takes a while for people to realize it so i think that might have been what happened with like mages and like the azel comps and stuff um so it's just like like people people realizing that they're good are like you know maybe preparing them secretly for tournament um but yeah i didn't actually notice that big of a change from day one to day two hmm, okay do you so do you don't you don't scout the other lobby like do you look at other people's lobbies like no. after day one and be like okay this is doing well maybe I should start playing this instead? No, I really should, but I don't. And the main reason I do that is because I I mean I guess my game plan going into the tournament was to just uh, play for top fours and uh, try to like play for three cost carries that like are less risky, um, and that's also. Also, partly because that was like I don't act, I'm not actually that good at slayers or like comp. Like I I I would consider myself like not that great at those comps because I don't play them that often and I don't really know how to you know best transition into them in terms of early itemization. Um, but yeah, so my game plan coming in was basically just like play around the three cost carries I hit, um, and then try to top four that way. And uh, yeah, if I end up in a spot where I can play slayers, you know, I'll play slayers. But that's not the game plan and. So I didn't really like look at other lobbies or metas to develop a game plan because that my game plan wasn't really dependent on uh, what other people were playing. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. And were it, it you is starting? Um, sorry, I just wanted to ask more tournament specific stuff. Were you like trying to start a specific item? I know that like a lot of players go into it. They even discuss with other players like what are you starting? So I like maybe can start crafting a plan. Like okay, if I'm in the same lobby, I'm gonna start like bow instead of sword or like glove instead of rod, whatever. Mm. yeah i started bow i, I always start bow I, I tried starting other items but uh i didn't really like them as much um and I, I i knew that not a lot of people liked bow so i was actually surprised when i was even getting contested like one way to bow in some of my lobbies and i, I didn't get my bow in like quite a few of my lobbies which is like my bad on carousel mechanics um but i start bow and the reason i liked starting bow is because um it's uh, the, a bow is core item on a lot of three cost carries. So Shivana needs rune, must have runes, or else you can't play Shivana. Sivir must have Last Whisper, or else you can't play Sivir. Um, I even play Zed and Akali sometimes. They both need RFC, or else you cannot play them. Um, and so, and then also Callista, I didn't really like play Callista at all. And the one game I did, I didn't hit a duelist chosen, so I went eighth. Um, but I, I don't think I think Callista is actually like a pretty decent uh, unit as well. So like, but you but you need RFC and Runance for her to work. Uh, so like, there's so many. I feel like if you start bow, there's a lot more options, um, and that you can get online early. Um, so like, you can have the core item after second after the second carousel, and then you can already start playing around a three cost unit, even if you only have one yeah. of them. Hmm. So yeah. <clears throat> right, right before this episode started, I was queuing up a game, and I had. Callista two already, and I hit chosen Callista. And Bert's like, "Oh, you should go Callista three because he love we well, you know Bert loves yeah. his three cost carries." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, you can go to nine, and you can just like kind of play good stuff from there." And I was like, "That makes sense." And I was like, first place with ninety two HP. Next person's like fifty oh. HP and below. I yeah. fast nine, and I just lost six straight, and I died. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'll Bert, happen. To be fair, he said that you need yeah. RFC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll that'll happen when you play three cross carries and sometimes it's just kind of kind of how it goes like um 
and, and you definitely take top fours for sure. Because like if you hit your Fair if enough. you hit that'll happen because like you hit your three cost carry early enough, like earlier than other people have comps online. People are like playing a Tristana carry, and if you have a three cost carry versus Tristana carry, I mean Tristana is actually kind of broken with Morello's, but yeah. um, so actually maybe you still lose to that. But the idea is the idea is that you should uh like you usually beat other people and mm-hmm. kind of snowball ahead. Um, and so you can either try to three cost your carry or go nine and just play good units. And honestly, like if you're just playing like Aatrox, Sedge, Lee Sin or like units like those, as long as you have like a DPS source, it's like good. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. That's why we need good four cost ranged AD carries. <laughs> Thank you, Riot. Yeah. I'm, I'm off my soapbox. Jin, where are you? Jin and Ash. Oh, well, Jin and Ash. About them. Cool. They, they're gone. Well, Let's take a look at some of the scoreboards uh, from day one and day two. Here is day one, of course. Uh, and we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, veteran players perhaps struggling a little bit as newer players kind of come up. Uh, what, where do you, what do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself as a newer player? You've played since set one, <laughs> but your success has been a little bit more recent than some of these other players. So what, what camp do you find yourself in? I'm curious what you consider yourself actually with that. I, I would not consider myself a recent player. I think I've I've actually like been okay. playing for a yeah. while. Just people don't know my name because I haven't been streaming, haven't been I uh, that highly ranked. Yeah. Um. But That's I don't. I I'm actually curious. actually not that new to the game. But I knew it's like Newbell started like set three or something. So like Newbell and Goobum started like set three, mm-hmm. or yeah. Ram started like pretty late too, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I, I would consider them to be new players, but so I don't. You're actually... on team OG then. I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't consider myself like that much of an OG because I didn't actually play that much set one after okay. after a while, but I, I wouldn't consider myself a new player. I just like kind of in the middle, you know? The, the big question that I want to know hmm. is who on earth is Otter Bear? Uh, some beast, I, guess. <laughs> I don't know who Otter Bear is. Like, I, it was the first time I had heard of them before they qualified. <laughs> and they just keep on moving on and we don't really get to mm-hmm. see their, their POV. And... You know, clearly they're doing better than Soju and Grand Vice and yeah, Zetsuko yeah. and Flightsy. Yeah. Who's Otter Bear? I am not entirely sure, and we will see. Maybe Otter Bear is NA's last NA's hope when we're <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, I actually didn't don't really know that much about him either. So I'm just as mystified. I was I chatted with him a tiny bit today. He was in my Twitch chat and he gave me a couple pointers and things and, and we uh you know, we we know now that uh, it, it's pretty good luck to go into one of the casters Twitch chats and you know say hi and, and help them out a little bit before the tournament. You know, it's a it's like this ephemeral sort of magical thing that that kind of happens. But uh, yeah, but I I don't know. We we need to learn more about Otter Bear for sure. But let's take a look at day two's results. Sorry, this this one is uh, maybe a little bit more painful, <laughs> but uh, but no. you know. Continuing kind of the theme with that, I feel like we see a, a mix of, of OGs going out and, and new players coming up. Some, you know, OGs obviously sticking around, Solus, Aegon, you know, the, there's a ton of names on that list that are still around. But uh, we do have a good amount of new players there. Uh, the Jirachi is on there, Otter Bear, of course, New Ball again. Otter Bear. Otter Bear. I'm for Otter Bear. Make no mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I, if there's anything that is really important is that the unknown, the average Joe, the mysterious challenger comes <laughs> up. And we, we kind of knew a little bit about the Jirachi going in, but the Otter Bear, the I'm seeing, who is this person? I'm seeing our Twitch chat. They're saying it's it's NA Obo, Obo 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. Oko from set three yeah. galaxy. We've rebuilt him. He's str- he's back. He's stronger. He's he's actually in the region. <laughs> look look at the names eliminated time. too, right? Bert's in there. Yeah. No, you're Kiyun and Spencer. Wow. Yeah. Every one of those players that got eliminated is a great player. And I mean, the thing is, is like in this tournament, every player that gets player. eliminated is a great player. Like that's just that's just how it is. This is one of the last tournaments of the season, so we're going to see a lot of things like that. But. Yeah. uh but yeah, I, I again, like I've said on the I saw I said on the broadcast, too, I'm excited to see how far some of these newer players can take it. Right. Because there's a new opening for world champ because uh, Casey Double is uh, he's out. He <laughs> yeah. Out of EU, so no, 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 no. Doa. That's why open, there, right? There's a spot open for second place to Otter there. <laughs> oh, second okay. place to Otter. Oh, Otter <laughs> I mean, still NA, so I'm OK with that. Right. That is, this that's is the true. One sport that I'll cheer for <laughs> NA in. I'll say that. That's right. We got to win so- something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Something besides like uh, I don't know, Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all right, well, uh, so, so since 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 you're out, we can ask you to make predictions. So yeah. I I want you to make some wild predictions. Tell me first of all, there's two things I want you to tell me. First one is give me your pick to win the tournament next week, and then give me three names that are gonna drop out on day three. Okay, uh, to win it, it's probably just socks. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that one's a pretty like no-brainer. Like, um, and then three people to drop out. It, it feels kind of BM, like you know. But I, I guess know. I guess if that's a question, um, I mean, like Otter Bears, you know. No, not Otter Bear. He's, he's gonna make wow, maybe how he's gonna win world. You're but, just salty because you're, you're the last uh, minute. Yeah, maybe, you maybe out. Just salty. yeah, maybe I'm just salty. Who knows. Uh, but if I were to like, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't know, like don't know him. And if I'm looking at the other players who've been like challenger, I'm like more confident that they can pull up consistent performances. Uh-huh. Um, like it's hard for me to say, you know, like a player like Aegon's gonna go out over, it's gonna get eliminated over. Otter. Sure. Yeah. Um, so is one. Who are the other two? Um. Poor Otter Bear. What did he ever do to you? <laughs> he did nothing to me. I guess. Uh, I guess he just he wow. beat me as a masters player, and that. Uh, <laughs> I hurt my ego too much, so I have to. I have to <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's like really hard. To, like I'm just going through this list, and it's really hard to like predict anybody's going to go out. You know, I I think they're like all good players, and it's like it feels like BM, but like you know, if I have to pick somebody, and on that note, um, I'm probably Jirachi. Like okay. he's like pretty solid as well, but like I don't know. It, it's honestly, it's not even that I think these players are bad. It's just like. Like, if you go down this list, do I think Solus is going to go out? No. Do I think Aegon's going to go out? No. Do I think, like, Goom is going to go out? Like, it, like, yeah. It's just, it's really hard to pick. Hard um, to pick. Yeah. So, Outer Bear, Jirachi, uh-huh. And then, like, I don't know. Um, I think... Keep in mind that pretty much all 16 of these players are in chat right now. Uh, Ready yeah. to clip it. Make an uh, NFT, better. sell it to some TFT yeah. viewer. <laughs> Turn it into an NFT, sell wall. it for like $30,000, you know? Yeah. All right, I'm going to say Goobums because I'm friends with Goobums and uh, I can I can write this off as banter. And so he's not going to, it's not going to be like I'm BMing Goobums. You know? <laughs> well, it is because I do that on a regular basis. All right, so all right good. sure. So, so yeah, <laughs> if he's in chat, then. then that, he's in fun. chat. It's fine. <laughs> Said WTF yeah. is what it was. <laughs> In case you're curious. Sorry, but I had to fix somebody. Yeah. 
All right. Well, before we we before we let you make any more enemies, and it's my fault, so I take a little bit of responsibility for that too. Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, tournament formats here. So, uh, so overall, um, you know, obviously we're still testing things in TFT. There's a lot of a lot of tournament formats to be to be used to be discarded, perhaps. What do you think about the the NA uh, finals format overall? Like the regional finals. Uh, yeah, are, yeah, the one we're in right now, the the one so, we're in the middle of right now. Yeah, are we talking about like including the qualifiers, the qualifiers, or just like the tournament, like thirty-two to twenty, just just this tournament? I just meant this tournament, but if you okay. want to expand that, uh, feel free. Yeah, I mean, I personally think the format's pretty decent. Um, I, I mean, I don't see a problem with it. Maybe it could be better, but I, I don't see like a blatant problem with it. I know like some uh, some of my friends are like uh, don't really like this the, the way like that the seating works and stuff like that. Um, but I personally like don't think it's that big of a deal. I because I, I, I think the way that it like it rewards consistent gameplay throughout the throughout the four days, um, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, because like if you're doing like it's it's pretty nice that like I mean obviously this hurt me, but like one high one uh, day's high roll of performance doesn't like do anything for you the next day. And it's also like to be honest, if you're low rolling one day, it takes a lot of low roll for you to for a good player to not qualify or like low roll plus mistakes. So for me, I low roll, like second day, if I were playing better, like I could have made it. Cause it's, it's like, um, yeah, it's like, it does feel like it mitigates a lot of like the high roll, low roll, like the variation that can happen in tournaments in six games. Um, and then like, obviously the finals is like, uh, you know, you have to make it to the top four and then it's just like those points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be like, you know, high rolling and low rolling is like if you low roll that day low roll three games that day you may be in you're maybe in a bad spot can't make worlds but it that's how kind of how the game works and i don't really see a way to like eliminate that aspect um yeah. of the game <clears throat> so i, I do <throat> think like basically what i'm saying is like for every day except for the finals maybe the second to last day as well like you can uh, if you whether or not you low roll or high roll if you're a good player and you play consistent and like you you, st- you keep your mental strong you should be able to uh, move on to the next day um, unless you like low roll a lot, which obviously, again, you can't do anything about it. If you low roll a lot and like every game is just like top bottom two and you can't do anything about it, th- then that sucks. But that's part of the game. Mm, you can't true, change that. True. Mental is sad to that, Frodan? Yeah, me- mental is really, really important. Um, I was casting a game with Mort and uh, on the first day of competition, and we happen to switch over to Goobum's point of view. And I see a giant slayer slammed on his, his sliver. And in case you, for people who aren't familiar with it, giant slayer is very useless early game. And it's also using two premium components that you really need for a ton of compositions. And it's like at best a late game tech against specific like health threshold. And what makes it even more ironic was like at the beginning of set four, Goobum's was like lecturing me constantly because he was a player that was like kind of helping me improve my gameplay as I was, you know, trying to rank up uh, about like not to slam Giant Slayer and like do all this stuff and like make sure you check the connections and like all these different conditions. So of all the people to see slamming Giant Slayer, <laughs> you bums on day one of North American regionals, you've been preparing for six months for this tournament. You can tell me on day one competition you're slamming Giant Slayer. <laughs> Hey, and more well, dogs like marked yeah, him for death. So, you know, more, more was like, yeah, that's a mistake. I don't know what he's doing. You know, and we we're just like kind of chuckling about it. It turns out he <laughs> misclicked 
and he almost oh, lost no. his mental right there. He was like, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck, no. it's an eighth, blah, blah, blah. I hate this game. This game sucks. You know, this whole like type of mentality. I heard that he kind of like almost imploded, but somehow he like pulled out, I think, like a fifth or like a top four from that position. Because you know, more dog was watching. Wow. That story was a roller coaster of emotion, man. <laughs> that was, I'm looking forward to the, the Hallmark movie of the week with that one. But uh, let's, uh, let's, let's move on to our next topic. And this is one everyone's been looking forward to. Oh, yes. This Time one. for Bertasaurus to make more friends, influence people, you know, certainly not make any enemies. Let's hear your top 10 players in North America. Any order you want, throw them out there. Who do you got? Um, yeah, so maybe I can order them later, but maybe I'll just go through comes to mind. So Sox, GV8, uh, New Bowel. Uh, slow down, slow down. Our, our yeah, producer yeah, has yeah, to keep yeah, up yeah. here. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Very yeah. Try well, to try to rank them a little bit. Yeah, I'll just talk about like why I'm picking them. So I think Mismatch Sox is probably just, I mean, if I were to rank him, he'd probably just be one. I think he's, um, he's one of the players that is really consistent throughout tournaments um you know obviously everybody has some bad tournament performances but i think he's been mm -hmm. very consistent um and also I, he's one of the players i've seen like play the most creatively I'll, I'll always remember like this one game back in set four where the lobby everybody just happened to be playing like some ap comp and socks is just playing some random six mystic board and he's going nine and he wins the game off of it like, I think that Sox is, like, so, like, obviously everybody praises Sox for his positioning and stuff, but I think he's, like, also, like, a really creative player and, like, knows how to read the lobby. So I think Sox is really good. Um, and hopefully he wins Worlds for us, uh, but who knows. Mm. Um, GV8, I also think, has been, like, an extremely consistent player. If you just look at, like, ladder points, um, he's not only been, like, very consistent throughout tournaments. Obviously, like, any regionals is an anomaly. Like, he, he got out first date, but that happens, like, just one really low roll day. I do think that like he's probably one of the best players. He was probably one of the best players going into the tournament. Um, and he's also been like really consistently at the top of ladder. Um, mm. And he's just a good overall player. He knows like how to play like pretty much everything. Um, and then Newball is a player I've learned from a lot, um, actually. And I think like he hasn't he hadn't been performing that well in tournaments. But his ladder performance has been really good, and you know he's still in the regional tournament, so maybe he'll uh, get some high roll games and then you know make it to worlds. So we'll see. But uh, I do, I do think he's like a really good player, and I would put him on this list. Like even if he was out of regionals already, I would put him on this list just because of uh, in merit of ladder. Um, okay, so those ones are probably like top three. I said no particular order, but these are probably like the best players, maybe. It's a little bit hard to say. Okay. Um, the next ones are going to be like actually in no particular order because I have to think about how to order them. But I mean, I would just like just like the very popular streamers come to mind. So Kyun, Soju, and then Solus. Um, so those Solus is a popular streamer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I watch his stream a lot. He he's been popular lately yeah. too. Actually, yeah. right? he's almost yeah. done with his one year challenge, by the way, which is yeah, very that's yeah, super impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine doing that. Ugh. I would probably put them like lower on the list, um, but just like listing them out right now because they come to mind. So obviously, Kune, Soju, like they've they've been playing a really long time, pretty consistent throughout every set. You know, they've all pretty much had rank one every set. Um, and then also, Solus has been popping off in tournaments as well. Um, and then 
Soju, you know, Kyun and Soju have, you know, had pretty good days. I, I think they, they haven't been as consistent. And I think I do value consistency a lot, which is why I put like, um, oh, sorry, well, I think consistency is really important. But, you know, even if you're not consistent, doesn't mean that you're a bad player. I think they're all pretty solid players. Um, so the other one, two more people I'm friends with, and I would probably put them above Keen, so uh, Keen Soju and Solus is Spencer and Setsuko. Um, okay. I so like Spencer. Is the truth is, or nepotism? I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I actually, maybe maybe it's nepotism because like I talk to these guys <laughs> and like see how they play the game and I'm like impressed in certain ways. So like that can obviously be a bit of bias there. Um, but I think Spencer, I mean, it's pretty like, there's not really much to say. They're just really solid, really good players, top of ladder a lot. Um, and yeah, like, I, I don't, I, I think they're really good at playing the meta, um, stuff like that. Um, we have two more, two more, two more spots. Uh, I guess I should put Robin on the list. I feel like Robin is, yeah, is kind of hit or like it depends on the meta, but like when it's. Uh, I mean, I guess that's true for DQA as well. Uh, I think Robin is like uh, a player. I, I don't know. I just remember like at the beginning of set four point five, where he he basically the the Otherwood Otherwood Asol comp. He just destroyed ladder with that. Um, and then in tournament as well, I think you know if if there's a comp that he can play well, he like he 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 he'll be really consistent. Um, I don't think like he's as flexible as like some of the other players but i think he like knows comps really really well um and so uh yeah i think he's on the list and then for the last one i think i think i can put myself on the list i don't know exactly where maybe Ooh, like six and i like i was i was there's some candidates out there that you left off yeah. and i was like Ooh, which which of his buddies he's gonna be humble which of his buddies gonna put on there just put yourself Everybody oh, wants to be above Soju. So would you put yourself up there or where, where would you put yourself on this list? Yeah, sure. I'll put myself up. I'll put myself like, I'll put, actually, I can't put myself below Setsuko. I don't really care if I'm actually worse than Setsuko or not. But if I put myself below Setsuko, I mean, I'm going to get moved on for a while. So I'll put myself okay. below Spencer. Wow. Um, All right. <clears throat> you guys are like um, the, the ninjas. You guys stick together in a group of four. It's like right there. Uh, the yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't really know why. I, and only one of you qualifies. Really you really are ninjas, that. like one or four. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Ninja vanish, as they say. <laughs> uh, do you want to yeah. rearrange any of this? Um, no, I mean, I would move Solus up. Uh, I think I would move Solus probably. Um, I mean, I think he's... I've always been like... Because the thing about Solus is that like, I've watched him play the game and like somehow he's just always popping off and like I don't really like, like for for a lot of these players on the list, like I'm impressed with like specific things they do. But Solus, it's like not really the case, but somehow like he's popping off every tournament. Uh, like he's top two, in both of, are like doing really well in all these regional finals. So I'm going to put him like, yeah, I'm going to put him above Robin. I think that's a spot for him, but maybe, maybe maybe he's better. Maybe he should, I should put him above me as well. But then, but I don't think he's worse than Setsuko. I, mean, I don't think he's better. I think Setsuko is probably, I put Setsuko above him. And I don't want to put myself below Setsuko. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I like it. And then, I don't know if I would keep Soju at 10th, but for the memes, I'll just let everybody be above Soju. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I think this Thanks. is this is about right. 
it's yeah. your list. You can build it however you want. No one can question that. This is a yeah. banger to your list. It's a great <clears throat> list. Ten out of 10. Maybe well, maybe I'll put cute switch tune and Robin, but that's not really that big of a change. This sure. is about they're, it. They're, t- they're tied for eighth. Very on brand. <laughs> I feel like I should probably have put DQA on this list as well, but hmm. maybe we're Robin. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, He's like 10.5, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I see. Or 9.5. You can still put him above Soju too. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I don't want to get in trouble. I, I have nothing against <laughs> yeah, Soju. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to join in with the memes, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be part of the group. <laughs> all right, let's... Let's leave the tier list at that before things get any worse. And uh, let's go on to our uh, mailbag. Actually, I have cursed image of the week first. So this one is is quite cursed. Oh, yeah. I, have I, you seen this? Yeah, my friend sent me that. I didn't actually like check the... I didn't actually Wait. read the patch notes that much, but my friend sent me that. I just thought it was kind of funny. But uh, I like yeah. what I will say about like the 1141 is like, honestly, the with the way I played the game... I should probably like I think I played pretty consistently and I think I played decently, but I probably should have went like four 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 or like four four six four 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 or so, something like that. Um because I definitely hired a lot of those games. Uh, I think I, I I think I had like the right idea in terms of what comps to play and stuff. Uh um and I like I, I, I know one game like I was in a really doomed spot and then I made some plays that I feel like most people wouldn't have seen and then I like actually put myself in a position where I actually could high roll into a first. Um, by hitting Samira too, it was like a sharpshooter game. Hmm. Um, so I like, think I played well, but it probably isn't like it isn't a one 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 four one type of performance. Like I don't well, think I mean, I, it was a one one one. Yeah, it was performance. It was, but, it, it yeah, measurably was. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I was actually like gapping the rest of the uh, competition by that much. You know. Um, All right, well, you're yeah. very humble, and I I appreciate that. We don't get a lot of that oh, on the show, so. Your parents sent you that? You Wait, didn't no, see this. My, no, no, my friends. The my friends. Oh, your yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be really harsh, man. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. That'd be kind of oh, weird. Man. Like, I remember parents this. <laughs> wow. But it is yeah. it is really cool to be put in the patch notes, though. So that, that's fun. That is pretty sick. That's yeah. you could you should take that and frame it and put it like behind your behind you on the stream. So it's just always there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe just set it as my background picture. Ego boost every time I alt tab. Exactly. Yeah, it's a memorabilia. Exactly. We've got one more question. Uh, this question comes to us from uh, Luke Lucan Lucan Lucan. I I don't know how to pronounce it. I give up. But it's uh, but it's uh, also a giveaway winner because it's a great question. Your play style of playing around three cost carry worked great in the fourth NA qualifiers, but not as much in the regional finals. Do you think it was due to the players' luck, meta shifts, or something else that caused the differences? So I don't actually think that it didn't work well because the first day I did well and then second day. Um, so there's like slight meta shifts because it, it like for some reason the lobbies were lower tempo. And I guess like in the finals, it works a lot better because um, the more flexible players are, the more the earlier they get their comps online, the more like uh, outs, like basically they don't like try to force a four cost carry. And then so then the people who do get punished a lot more. Um, so it was like a lot of my lobbies ended up being a little bit slower tempo, so it wasn't as effective. But the main reason why I didn't make it is because first three games, I think I low rolled really hard. It was a combination of like tilt and low roll. So I went eight, eight, seven, right? Hmm. And then after that, I think I actually should have went like three, one, one in my last last three games. Um, like I, I could have won my fifth game for sure if I didn't misposition. 
basically like I was figuring out, I, I went fast nine to go for like first or eighth. Um, I actually hit a lot. Um, I had, I think my comp was strongest in the lobby. Um, cause I high rolled orn item as well and got like eternal winter, but I was thinking about what to play on my board and then, um, and then I wasn't positioning or scouting at all. I, then I play against socks and he's perfectly positioned for me. Um, and then, so then I die with negative two HP into fifth, mm-hmm. uh, when I feel like I could have won, but yeah, the main thing, I, I think like the reason, like what happened that day, the second day was low roll games. And then I tilted and didn't play optimally. And when you don't play optimally, it's like a bit off. I also think that like it does require a lot more. Like if you make mistakes while playing around three cost carries, you get punished a lot more. Cause like if you miss an angle, like you have to because you have to play for a lot of outs. Um with when you're trying to play around three cost carries. And if you miss one of your outs, like that might just be like you've missed your opportunity to top four the game. Or like you lose multiple placements because of it. Um, like you, you basically skip it. Like if you skip a chosen on your three rule, three, two roll down that you actually could have taken. Um, so yeah, I don't think that the strategy was bad. I think I just executed poorly on the second day. Okay. Interesting. I, I love hearing that, uh, those explanations, like the, the mentality where, where pro players heads were at. That's always so fascinating to me. So thanks for a great yeah. answer to a great question. Congrats again to our giveaway winner. <laughs> Lucan, Lucan, I don't know, I give up. But if you want to be a giveaway winner, that's right, you out there, um, make sure to submit questions so we have them because it's it's great to have these questions for our pro players. But on that note, it's time to end the show. And so, as always, we need to go through and find out what everyone's final thoughts were. So, Bertasaurus, thanks for being an amazing guest. What are your final thoughts, your shout-outs, last words for the show? Um, I don't, I think just, first of all, thank you so much to everybody who's been supporting me throughout the tournament. Cause I, uh, like after the, throughout the tournament, I, I've been getting a lot of support from people, even like second day when I went eight, eight, seven, you know, somebody just gives me like, gives me subs, even though I went eight, eight, seven, you know, just try to like, you know, cheer me up and, you know, get me back, get my mental back. Um, so yeah, thank you to like everybody. Um, a lot of the OGs who have been like with me with on Twitch for a while. Um, and then also like, I guess I'll give a quick sh- like shout out to Googums for also particularly supporting me because just to, like you know kind of balance out that I said he would uh, uh, go out. Until you betrayed. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I betrayed him. Marked him for death next and weekend. Then, and, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, no worries. Um, yeah. So just thank you so much to and for all the support. And then also like my friends in particular who I know IRL um, have been with me like supporting my this the. Uh, my entire like TFD and like they, they're the ones who got me to stream and everything. So thank you to them as awesome. well. Yeah. That's super wholesome. We, we've had a ton of fun with you on the show. Frodan, how about you? Any, any final thoughts? Um, yeah. Uh, obviously tune into regionals, the conclusion for day number three and four this weekend, uh, I'll be casting alongside, uh, not with Doa. Actually they started separating Doa and I realized we're <laughs> too powerful together. They have to separate us for the, I understand. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, it'll be really fun. And uh, I believe I'm casting with like Wolfie and uh, Bryce Esports Law. So it should be fun. And then Doe is casting with Mort and Cronin, I believe. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> we're going to see Otter Bear and three other players join us for the World Championships for Set Four Fates. So please tune in. All right. Sweet. 
Guys, it's been a great episode. This has actually been one of my favorite episodes in a while. We've had a lot of good guests on, but I feel like we got some great conversation. We laughed, yes. we cried. I cried internally anyway. I don't know if anyone else cried. <laughs> we, we had a good time either way. Uh, I just want to have a big shout out, of course, to the uh, the squad here at Wisdom and Giant Slayer for putting this on behind the scenes. They always do such an awesome job and we love working with them. Thanks to the fans out there for watching. Thanks to the players for giving us such great games to be, be excited about. And thanks to uh, Riot for giving us a game to be excited about. So on that note, thanks for watching, everybody. Again, make sure you watch the NA Finals this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, twitchtv.com slash Riot Games. It's going to be amazing. And we will see you on the next Teamfight Talk show. Until then, take care, play some games, have a good time. Catch you later.